What makes an occasion special? Does it have to involve a birthday, anniversary, or promotion? Or can it be that first juicy bite of a perfectly cooked burger, shared over laughs with good friends on a warm summer night? Sounds pretty special to us. Together, we bring more. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Funded by Beef Farmers and Ranchers. The Dollop is brought to you by Helix. Helix is offering 25% off all mattress orders and a free sleep bundle for our listeners in honor of Black Friday. The bundle includes two free pillows as well as a set of sheets and even a mattress protector. Go to helixsleep.com slash dollop and use code HELIXPARTNER25. I am a mattress protector. Go ahead. Welcome to the dollop. Is that right? Nope. Already wrong. Permission to treat the co-host as hostile. You're listening to The Dollop on the All Things Comedy Network. This is an American history podcast where each week I read a story from American history to my enemy. Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the intro has become. And for those of you listening, I don't know what the story is going to be. But just how hard is it? Um, How hard is what? Just to say the intro, like verbatim-ish. I came in red hot. You came in red hot to the pre-record, and now you're at the record, and the spice has carried over in an unhealthy way. It's you're, very healthy. I don't think people understand that you are a psychotic man, and that mm. you have no issue being completely psychotic. For instance... Mm. Let's just go through some text messages from earlier, shall we? Okay. Yeah, sure. Uh, here's what they were. Okay. Um, uh-huh. You texted me this out of nowhere today. Uh-huh. So tired yeah. of your bullshit. Uh-huh. That sounds right. I replied, pardon? Question mark. Oh. And you yeah. said, read it. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And I said, I have, and it is, in fact, itself, bullshit. And you said, mm. this is exactly what I was talking about. Thank and I you. said, is it now? Then you said, are we going to get on early to talk? Because we were going to talk about something early. And on the phone call we had after where you were a rational, normal person, you mm-hmm. did say to me, you said we'd get on the Zoom at 1.30. And I said, oh, my bad. But this is what you said. Are we getting mm-hmm. on early to talk? And then it goes to all caps. You cow. All caps. Liar. All caps. Fucking goddamn liar. And then we got off the phone after having a rational talk, and the first thing you wrote to me is, you're still a fucking liar. You're listening to The Dollop. We're back. And called it, quote, his jam pad. Jam pad? I'm the fucking hippo guy. Dave, okay. My name's Gary. <laughs> My name's Gary. Wait. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tiggly Podcast. Okay. This is like anarchy. On a five-part coefficient. <laughs> My room's a Now hit him with the puppy. You both present sick arguments. <laughs> no sleep tell hippo. No sleep tell hippo. Uh, action part. Hi, Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. No. Rhoda. Rhoda in the court. Uh, Gareth, the dollop, of course, brought to you by Helix Sleep. Uh, mm. uh, we both enjoy mm. deeply... Oh, uh, yeah. Lovingly, uh, sincerely, mm. sexually, Helix well, sleep mattresses. Are they, now just to be, are they okaying your takes? Yeah, Do they yeah, know they that all, you're saying? Uh, they, we have round tables. 
And I, I've been telling him, let's emphasize what happens on the bed. Let's emphasize right. the lovemaking. Just when you, no, just, I think, I think I would make sure that they're signing off on all this stuff. I, I think even before we put this one out, I would maybe send this to them and maybe get some editing in, involved. Uh, I've had my matches for, I don't know, we've gotten, they're going on seven, eight years now. Uh, my sleep is, is so much better than my previous mattress. I don't, I used this to get a little backache from my previous mattress. Um, my wife loves it. She loves making love on it. Okay. And, so just uh, kind of stay within the <laughs> confines of the stuff that I'm sort of addressing, if you can. Helix has 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux collection, which is what I have. I have, I have the, that too. Uh, I have that. Do you stop Lux, trying the ducks, dusk, the ducks, Lux, dusk Lux. Lux. Hey, good good luck saying that three times. <laughs> yeah, so Gareth and I can uh, sleep in each other's houses and not have any. <laughs> That's not a even weird feature to point out for sure. Okay. <laughs> um, they have a uh, mattress designed for big and tall sleepers. They even have mattresses for kids. Finn has a uh, a Helix sleep mattress. I'm so doing a kids mattress. I I I got a kids one. Yeah, we uh, we love it. Gareth loves children. Um, Whoa! This, now there's no way that that can go. I mean, that is flag. <laughs> I'm everyone flags that. And sure. again, I have videos. Nope. of Me and my wife. If nope. anybody nope. needs to see nope. what happens. No, on no, that no, 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 no. Helix is offering 25 percent off all mattress orders and a free sleep bundle for our listeners in honor of Black Friday. The bundle includes two free pillows as well as a set of sheets and even a mattress protector. Go to helixsleep.com slash dollop and use code HELIXPARTNER25. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Uh, the dollop is also brought to you in part by Squarespace. Gareth, go ahead and tell the people what Squarespace is. Dave, Squarespace is, uh, well, for me, it's been pretty much a lifestyle. Uh, it, it's a it's a way to, to webinize and cite uh, engage your business opticals and you you're an idiot it is an all-in-one domain yeah, websites domains. online stores marketing tools analytics it's all there yeah those 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 escaped me those are the words though hey, yeah, what are you, yeah no because I, it's a place I, where you build your empire via the keypad and the keyboard and you type into the machine and you shout at the machine you have a website yes exactly a site that's on squarespace quick question does Spy does spider-man have a website <laughs> I have a website on Squarespace. We have the dollop sources on Squarespace. And then, of course, we have the dolloppodcast.com on Squarespace. If you want to uh, hear clean versions of which the naughties have been uh, bleeped out, we have that up on, uh, up on the Squarespace site. So you can listen to those with your kids, your kitties. I have no idea what yep. Gareth is talking about. I'm trying to talk about Squarespace. Well, it's the it's. I'm having a bit of fun with the Spider Man makes webs, and if he had a website, they have uh, they have marketing tools. They got world world class design. The templates are fantastic, yep. uh, super easy to use for a dummy like me. You never have to update anything. They got they got a twenty four seven support. It's all happening at Squarespace. Please don't listen to anything Gareth ever says. So here's what... I actually called the support line and they repaired the, my marriage. Go to squarespace.com slash dollop for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code dollop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We're also brought to you in part uh, by Mind Bloom. Uh, Mind Bloom, oh, of course, is uh, a... At-home ketamine therapy. And uh, there's a lot of people dealing with anxiety and depression. Uh, it's tough. It's a very tough thing to get through. Uh, there's, there's no quick, easy fix. But this this 
might be the next best thing. The ketamine uh, therapy has been really helpful for a lot of people. It's it's good. You're gonna you're gonna try the Mind Bloom, yes? Yes. Once I'm back in the uh, the country, I'll be trying it. Yep, I've got it all set up and. Uh, and the thing is that when you set it up, you know, there's a lot of back and forth. You've got, there's definitely like, um, you know, you're talking to people about what you're after, what you, you know, yeah. so it's definitely like more than meets the eye. <laughs> uh, Gareth, there's a new tool to improve your mental health at home ketamine therapy. Mind Bloom is the leader in at home ketamine therapy, having safely helped thousands of people overcome their anxiety and depression. Unlike traditional talk therapy, Ketamine works quickly and doesn't have the unpleasant side effects of traditional antidepressants. In a study of over 1,200 Mind Bloom clients, 89% reported improvements in their anxiety and depression after only four sessions. That's the craziest stat to me. Yeah, that's the that's that's the stat right there, big guy. Yeah. And we got it. I'm I'm doing a study on the Pepto Bismol uh, situation. It's. It, I, it's definitely not Pepto Bismo. Uh, it is now. Well, you get you can't get the real one. You got to go for the the one that they sell behind the van. What color is the one you're it's getting? A deep blue. Right now, Mind Bloom is offering our listeners hundred dollars off your first six session program when you sign up at mindbloom.com/dollop and use promo code dollop. Take the first step and break free from your anxiety and depression with Mind Bloom. Mindbloom.com/dollop and use promo code dollop. Go to GarethReynolds.com. Come see me. And then in December, I have dates. Go to GarethReynolds.com. I'll be in North Carolina and New Jersey. Go to GarethReynolds.com. 1850. Crime was rampant <laughs> That's a very, in California. That's very awkward. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There were a lot of murders, tons of murders. After the Hounds Gang in San Francisco attacked Little Chili, beating and burning and plundering everybody, they were arrested, eight were found guilty, and two were given 10-year sentences. The Little Hound but, Gang. No, just the Hound Gang. The Hound Gang, sorry. The Hounds. Little Chili. I think we did an I, episode on I think we did an episode on the Hounds. I think that was probably um, when I was smoking a ton of pot. Mm-mm. What was after? And uh, so two of them got 10-year sentences. But what's that in dog? The use? nearest it's the 70. Crazy. That's Seven. huge. And the nearest penitentiary is actually 2,000 miles away in the east. Well, it's also, you want to let hounds roam. You don't want to keep them caged well, and fenced in. But they're, well, no, they've committed crimes. They've. Yeah, but uh, still, how, how, the, a hound wants to go be a hound. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't, it's like when you create a hound. You don't want to create a hound. You can create a hound. No. Yeah. Only God can create a hound. All right. Uh, so there's no there's no prison to put them in. Um, and they just, uh, they also had political connections, so they got released after a couple of days. How great is it to get a sentence and then for them to be like, we can't find a prison? Well. That's my dream. Thank you, gentlemen. That's my dream sentencing. Yeah. You You're did it. Doing 10 years. Right. Where? Ah, fuck. Uh, you good. Fuck. All right, you're free to go. So a month later, the city of San Francisco bought the stranded brig Euphemia 
to be the city jail. Now, this is when, because it's 1850, all these boats have come in and people just left them because they went to the gold mine, you know. I don't, I think, I have a, I have a hunch of where this might be headed. So, you don't. So, the governor. It's the story of the colonel from Kentucky Fried Chicken. That's right. So, the, do you know his name? Yeah. What's his name? Harlan Sanders. You feel I was good? Just checking, I was just checking for the last name. I didn't think he'd... Then the governor declared all county jails to be state prisons. So essentially they took over all the local jails. Sure. The first state prisoner was not registered for eight months, however. His name was Charles Courier. He was a cabinet maker, but also a thief. Hmm. Um... But there's still no actual, like, state prison to put him in there, you know, so they have to put him in a county prison. Sure. And in 1851, former Mexican general Mariano Guadalupe Vallejo made an offer to run a state prison on 20 acres of land. Now, his partner was a Democratic politician named James Estelle. Estelle uh, had been born in uh, Madison, Kentucky in 1811. He's from a big military family. He married uh, Martha Woods. They had six kids. In 1842, they moved to Missouri. He helped build a prison there for the government. And then in 1849, he sells all his stuff during the gold rush, heads to San Francisco. Okay. So now he's in San Francisco. He uh, joins the state militia, and pretty soon he had the rank of major general. And he dabbles in politics. He's a mover and a shaker. Yeah, that's a great synopsis about this guy. Thank you. Author Kenneth Church Lamont, quote, his mind was will and injudicious and his tongue was one of the foulest ever heard in a public hall. Mm, it's like texting with Dave. So, so this guy's a, a, a loose cannon? Foul. Foul mouthed? Uh, foul mouth? I don't yeah. know about loose cannon. Foul mouthed. Okay. Uh, he was 41 years old, uh, so he becomes friends with so General Vallejo. So young. He's yeah, a kid. he's a pup. He's a pup. Uh, so he becomes friends with General Vallejo, and they, together they get the contract to give um, beef to the tribes okay. that the government has on reservations, so they're meat, so meat the, men. The, Vallejo so that's a lot of like land a, and... Right. It was like another one Cattle. of our mea culpas, basically. I don't even think it's a mea culpa. We, we had to feed them or they'd starve because we had them on reservations and they could no longer, you know, hunt and whatnot like they used to be. It must to. be cool for them when they're like, hey, they took everything and they're ruining everything. And we're like, how about it? Want a burger? <laughs> Leave, there you go. Feel, don't feel so bad. Here's some chuck. Hey, you like meat? I wish we'd never uh, met yeah. you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so now the state needs a prison, and these two guys are already working together. So they they go in on the proposal together. Uh, so until the prison is built, Estelle and Vallejo say they'll buy uh, prison hulks like ships to put the people in, um, hire guards, pay them out of their own pocket, food and clothe the prisoners out of their own pocket, uh, and then cover any reward put out if they escape. So they're going to handle mm-hmm. all the business until so the prison is like, built. So they're like, right, okay. 
All they want. And also, return. it's so strange to hear of like, you know, it sounds like uh, care, I guess, for lack of a better term, of the prisoners to some extent. I'm sure they're awful. Think? Well, but it's like, well, we'll clothe them. We'll you feed them. Heard, yeah, you I'm heard sure it goes return yet. Haven't heard what? What they want to return. What do they want in return? Souls? Um, <laughs> uh, just to be able to use the prisoners as workers. Okay. So, all right. So there we, you know, I have a, I have a, <laughs> an uncanny ability to, it's, it goes one of two ways. It's really a two-sided coin. Uh-huh. I can sometimes jump in and predict the next thing you're going to say. And then the other side yeah. of that coin is sometimes I'll be like a guy who's like hair tonic. That sounds like a good, like, I'll walk in and be like, well, it sounds like he's a great guy. And then you'll be like, he murdered his women. I'm like, eh. I mean, has there ever been an instance in this podcast where you said, that person sounds pretty good. And then John that Brown. person is pretty good. <laughs> Fair. Uh, okay. So that's, that's what they want. Slave labor. The state legislature only cares about money. And in the country, there's only four prisons that turn a profit. Most run a deficit of at least 100000 So they're scared I, of losing I, that money. I seriously was like, we're going to do an episode on Alcatraz. And instead, what we're going to be doing now is just, this is going to be this is going to be hell. You're you're close, actually. Um, oh, OK. So they they jumped uh, on Vallejo and Estelle's offer and gave them a lease. OK. So the chairman of the House and Grounds Committee said the offer, quote, breathed the spirit of an enlarged mind for which he deserved the thanks of his countrymen and the admiration of the world and that his offer looked more like a legacy of a mighty emperor to his people than the donation of a private rancher. That almost was like basically what I was saying right before. You were like, they're going to be slaves. (laughs) This man will go down in history. They always lay it on so thick. When people so on the thick. inside thank each other. It's bad. It, it's so bad. It's always just yeah. like this guy. Like they go, I mean, it just goes on and on. But it was like, it has slowly been deteriorating for a while. And then when you saw Trump giving a Rush Limbaugh medal, you're like, that isn't even happening anymore. But they just, yeah. they always, the way they thank, like was Strom Thurmond where they're like a public servant, a man of the people. A slaveholder. He, he was great. I always wanted to do a dollop on Strom Thurmond's last election um, campaign, but I, I can't find anything on it. But it, I remember reading at the time, and it's the cra- It's like Feinstein times twenty. Like it's the craziest stories of just a guy who's not there and he wins, but he doesn't even know what he's doing. Anyway, <clears throat> imagine having uh, a leader like that. Oh, can you? Uh, so they uh, they get the lease. The chairman of I already did that one. Um, on December third, Governor McDougal tells sheriffs to turn state prisoners over to Estelle and Vallejo. But then Estelle immediately turns them over to Sheriff John Hayes, because Hayes and his buddy Mayor John Caperton have subleased the contracts of the prisoners. Oh, my God. So they're already, like... So before they even get what, into what having the What was the guy work... who was, like, going to be, was like, a dignitary? And now he's like, yeah, we'll just, the sheriffs will handle it. <laughs> That's what was well, just... just about making... So there's just the step 
a meaningless well, step has been added. Well, they said that they would house them and clothe them and feed them and do all this stuff, and yeah. they just eliminated that. Right. So all it's the just, good stuff they said they were so going to the do, they just give them, Yeah, the sheriffs give them the prisoners, and they're like, all right, this is going to be great. Here you go, sheriff. Yeah. Gives it right back to another guy who then has them all working. Great. Um, so Hayes had the ship Wabu turned into a prison. So that's right near San Francisco. Um, and then they tow it across the bay with 40 convicts in it. And they put them to work on a quarry on Angel Island. God. So some of them still worked in chain gangs in San Francisco, uh, building roads. Oh, by the way, Jack Hayes is known as one of the bravest and most heroic Texas Rangers of all time. Nice. Nice. Right now he's a slave guy. Um, <laughs> a month later, the 40 prisoners overtook the ship and commandeered it and headed for the eastern shore of the bay. Um, and they went and pursued them. Seven of them ended up getting away permanently. Now, there's a lot of public criticism now because people re- found out what happened, that he's been subleased out to Hayes and that Hayes, they all escaped. And um, then Hayes reveals he hasn't even turned a profit after five months of using these guys as slave labor. He and Caperton were in the hole for $11,000. And Vallejo now bails on the whole project. He's like, oh I'm my out. Oh, God. Okay. So now it's just Estelle who's got the whole thing. And Hayes asked him to end the contract. He's like, look, I'm killed here. Like I... And Estelle says he'll void it if the state legislature will agree to pay for the construction of a prison on land. No ships, an actual prison. And so Hayes and Caberton, they're kind of connected. And so they go to the state legislature and they lobby all the legislature to pass the bill. And uh, also, Estelle has been voted in as a state senator, so that helps too. So, oh, Jesus. On May 1st, 1852, the legislature passes a bill to buy a prison site. This is such a big moment. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. right? I mean, it's like where this is, it almost went away. It almost, yeah. it probably would have come back, but. They... It would have come back. It should have happened. Not in this way. Yeah. So they buy, they buy a place called Point Quinton. Uh, they pay a guy, a uh, really connected San Francisco guy, $10,000 for the land, 20 acres. Um, okay. Later on, it's discovered he doesn't actually own the land. Uh, that, I, but, that's, uh, is that our hero? That guy's our hero? <laughs> God, I would have he fucking made it. a killing doing that back in the day. <laughs> I know. Oh, yeah, yeah, she's a real beaut. She really opens up. She's unbelievable. <laughs> this is all yours. 20 beautiful acres, boys, for $15,000. That's all I'm asking. Uh, can you do 10? Yeah. Oh, God. Just because I like you, boys, I'll do 10. All right. <laughs> All right. Oh, All I can't right. believe how you're fleecing me, you sons of bees. Oh, uh, yeah. Here, do you have a deed? Do you have a deed? Uh, yeah, indeed I do. Indeed I do. <laughs> Here you go. All right. Handwritten, just how we like it. Handwritten. There you go. And uh, Handwritten. How about this? There's one condition. I want to come back for vacations because this looks like a great, <laughs> okay. great spot. Okay. Um, and, and and one other thing, enjoy it. That's the other <laughs> okay. rule. Enjoy We're it. We're going to put a prison here, but yeah, we will. Well, yeah. it's not even mine. <laughs> what? <laughs> that to do. I'm getting in my canoe. <laughs> 
But, I mean, people found out, but in the end, they're like, well, we're putting the prison here. Like, you know, whoever the fuck owned it, like, it's... So some guy's just like, no! I don't I don't know if it was anybody. This is supposed to be been... orgy land! It might, it might have just been, like, federal land. Like, I don't know oh, who right. the fuck yeah, it right. was. I love a guy um, selling land. It's not his. So, Point San Quentin is in Marin County, and it's a little hook that, like, sticks out. God, I heard that. That place is supposed to be the worst, and the Easy. worst people are supposed to come from there. Easy. Easy. What? Um, San Francisco is about 12 miles south. It's named after a great Native American warrior, uh, leader of a, the tribe that lived there, the Lakotut. And Quinton's Point was uh, named after the great warrior because that was his last stand where he was killed after losing the Mexican troops. Hmm. All right. Cool. Beautiful story. Cool, um, cool, cool. Now the prison is the, like I said, the ship Wabu, and it's now docked right off Point Quinton. Um, three of the prisoners are sex workers, Dolores Martinez, Scotch Mary, and Russian Kate. Ooh, Russian Kate, um, huh? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I like to fornicate. <sighs> Come on, They're... play with the premise a little. Maybe there's something there. <laughs> Let's not be so hasty to abandon me. I could be a rich character if we try hard enough, huh? Uh-huh. I think I became a little French for a minute. Well, you often do that when you're doing the Russian. I'm hot, baby. <laughs> um, so there's also other women like Lily Smith, who was a circus rider in for Grand Larceny. Uh, Carmine Nunez, who was cross-eyed. Perquita Saladano had he, one eye. What, what was... Was who was it? Was that a woman who was in for being cross-eyed? Car- Carmine? No, she wasn't in for being cross-eyed. She just was cross-eyed. Carmen Nunez. Carmen Nunez. She's cross-eyed. Uh, per- Perquita Saladano had one eye. Well, it could be worse, um, I guess, than cross-eyed. The lieutenant of the guards, John Gray, started enjoying the company of the women. Sure. So they built wooden shacks up on the shore. And some of the women were moved into what was called the Overseer's House. Oh, good Lord. Oh, my God. And that included Dolores and Scotch Mary. You know, it's, it's, was, it always is so yeah. incredible, the level of just comfortable hypocrisy that we just have mm. no problem just thriving in. Like, what? it always is like that. It's just like, why do we create these things that the people who create just break? It just should show you that it's like, look, human nature is what it is. I understand this, like, argument of, oh, but the morals, but it's like, what the fuck are you going to do? I mean, this is, you know, you cannot, <laughs> at some point you have to just be like, all right, look, uncle, we're perverts. Let's go. People people like fucking. Turns look, out. We, we, people, people like fuck. Fucking. We all got to fuck. We're going to fuck whatever we want. We're going to fuck everything. It's fine. It's legal. Don't, some, some ladies are like, I like fucking and I can get money for it. Let's fuck. All right. So they can fuck. Some people like to put drugs in their arms. Whatever. Fuck it. Uh, yeah. So they're moved into the overseer's house. That includes Uh. Dolores and Scotch Mary. Dolores was described as squat and pockmarked. Mary's face was scarred. John Gray. And I I say these things because that, that like you, you, to get married and whatnot, you probably had to be, uh, 
let's just say that ableism was off the chart. So if you have right. anything wrong with you like that, that's part well, of the Well, but also you've got to remember this is a time there. when the men were all so handsome. Handsome. Handsome as fuck. Handsome men, you know, just, just really pretty and good smelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Gray soon just moved into the women's shack. He usually <laughs> slept with Dolores, but sometimes he'd get into Scotch Mary's bed. But Mary was known as Judge Thompson's woman. Judge Thompson was the captain of the guard. And like Gray, he was a huge drinker. He was often seen, you know, visiting the women's shacks. Um, But it wasn't just the two guards. One witness said Mary and Dolores had, quote, free sexual intercourse with two male convicts who were doing the the guard's laundry. And two other convicts said they were the women's husbands, so they got to stay with them on Sundays. Wow. Um, And the women... Even though they're in jail, they're allowed to come and go as they want. Sure. Well, it all sounds like be... it's really a good system that <laughs> sounds fine. Sounds great. <laughs> um, they built a Sounds very rehabilitative. Yeah. Uh, they built a guard boarding house uh, and a bar. Great. Yep. A guard tended bar. Hey, guess what and doesn't sound so it. bad, Dave? Jail. Hey, Gareth. Huh. Why just one bar? I agree. Uh, 500 yards from the prison, another bar was opened by the guy <laughs> who had sold the land to them that he didn't probably own. Sorry, are we competing with that guy? Hey, how's it going? <laughs> yeah, I'm also opening a spot over here, too, on your <laughs> land. But it used to be my land, wink, wink. Maybe it isn't. Uh, but I've opened a little place. It's called TJ's. And we've got everything <laughs> you want. We're wild. We got a bunch of player jerseys up on the wall, and um, yeah, yeah, we're we're excited. So, do you have tater tots? Oh, we do. Yeah, we got what we, we oh. call fire tots. Fire cool. tots. Yeah. Now, so they do you got... allow uh, do you allow murderers in? Because I'm a murderer. I killed some guys. Absolutely. We understand hey. the uh, clientele of this area. So yes, we all laws in here may be broken at TJ. Can I make a suggestion? Absolutely. Murderer Tuesdays. Yeah, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Right? Listen, yeah. hey, if you're looking to commit manslaughter, come on down to TJ's. We got hot tots and laud knots. Shut up. <laughs> uh, so is that guy uh, opening yeah. a bar? Like, can you imagine? Is he opening a bar? I just, yeah, it's just uh, right here in the prison. Uh, so. They, they, that's two bars, right? Do you think they can get by with two bars? Do they understand what kind of bars we expect in a prison? No, Gareth, they could not get by with a two third bars. bar? Well, Judge Thompson leaves in 1853 and a guy named Asa Estes takes over for him and he sets up a bar on the ship. <laughs> so now there's a bar in the prison, a bar on the ship and a bar outside the prison it would just be so weird to be like, oh, no, a new judge. I hope he doesn't crack the whip. And he's like, hey, how about uh, Margaritaville? <laughs> now, he's not a judge. He used to be a judge, but now he's just a guard. Okay. Um, so the women drink whenever they want. Uh, they spent money they made by sewing in the prison. Or they got the, gu- the guards to buy them drinks. Scotch Mary loved whiskey. Big whiskey lady. Uh, But the women started being released, and by the middle of 1854, there are no women in the prison. 
So interesting because in a horrible situation like this, you would think the men would just be like, you live with me forever. But instead, they're like, all right, your time. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they could keep them. I mean. Well, I mean, (laughs) feels like there were no laws. There's definitely no rules or laws, yeah, and I doubt so. that the women were doing this. Uh, you know, oh because, yeah, they weren't. I yeah, mean, they maybe like, they were, but I doubt maybe. they were because they. Well, if they liked to. it, they probably would have stayed. <sighs> True. Um, so, Lieutenant Gray. Now, there's no women. He leaves to work on uh, to oversee one of the quarries on the islands. Um, so, with Thompson and Gray gone, there's a lot less scandalous activity going on. The bar scene was probably pretty now, weak after that. Yeah, it wasn't great. Not as fun. It's a sausage now fest. The... <laughs> All right, that's how we do it. All right, yeah. All right, fuck it. I'll be, uh... Welcome to bottom. TJ's. We call them this Bar Bottoms. Welcome to Bottoms. Don't ask. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the guard... Most of the guards were ex-California Rangers. Um... But a lot were just kind of hired from wherever, just get a warm body. Um, the prison doctor called them, quote, brave and desperate men, but somewhat addicted to dissipation. Dissipation is like debauchery. Just Sure. Right. So the guards are just fucking yeah. fuckheads. Like, it's, sure. Well, they're not even fucking. They're just, again, it's like, you know, like, yeah, look, they're just, everybody wants to party. What's the problem? Let's party. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I don't mean to sound like. Van Wilder, but no, I, I no, you're right. But like, if you're like, if you're like in your 20s and you're in San Francisco and someone's like, by the way, you can go live in this prison thing, oversee people, and then there's booze. Oh, yeah, and before women, like, you'd be like, yeah, all right, that's oh, pretty yeah. Good. Um, so they're working 18 hour days, seven days a week. Wow, and the one problem was escapes were often violent and bloody, sure. A guard said, quote, every hour of the day, we literally carry our lives in our hands and that at any moment is liable to be wrested from us. Wow. Um, also, a lot of guards are alcoholics. At least well, half I, were, quote, I, I, habitually Do you think drunk. that has anything to do with there being three active bars there? It's not great. It's not great. Yeah. I mean, you could probably, in the middle of your shift, just go get a pop, right? All yes. the time. You were probably yeah. shit-faced. Yeah. Hey, um, watch what you're doing out of there, man. Come on, we'll just keep it up. We just remember you gotta get your shit together. Just, we're just gonna make sure we're all gonna be on the same page. You just gotta just get it done. Oops, it is there. All right, come on. Come on, guys. We got no more BS. We're just gonna be. Hey, I'll tell you what. Look, uh, between you and me, this is a lot. I'm not even one of the law guys who digs with the laws. I'm one of the law guys who's like, man, listen, I just wish you could chill, but we can't chill. Keep your heads in your eyes and your mouth on your on your face as well. We'll be all right. All right. What are we supposed to do right now? All right, man. We're just going to uh, just have a. Um, are we going to the yard? Are we going to the showers? What are we What are we doing? We're just sitting in the hallway, and you're. You got talking. a lot of stupid questions for a Jagoff. Sorry. No, I'm sorry. You're right. I apologize. Yeah. All right. Where are we? In the hallway. Oh, okay. Oh, man. Keep your eyes on your face, man. Keep your nose hard. Come on, everybody. Get your noses hard. Come on. Shh. Let's go. Tacos. Shh. I'll figure this out. I started a bunch of grub up. 
I just gotta okay. put your grub up for it. Oh man. Okay. So I'm just gonna go back to my cell, okay? Alright. Uh, we'll all go to the cell. We all are, I think. Hey, it sounds like back. you're being selfish. <laughs> Shit. Still got it over at TJ's. <gasps> Uh, so, uh, oh boy, where are we? Um, so, right. So some said they never saw Lieutenant Grace sober the whole time he was there. Yeah. Why would um, he? so male convicts could also go to the bar whenever they wanted. Quote, it was not uncommon to see Judge Thompson or Gray buying ra- a, a round of drinks for seven or eight thirsty trustees. So trustees are prisoners that are trusted and oh. act like guards also. So what a weird... I mean, it's almost like... <laughs> I mean, it's like where you want to go to prison. Except for the hours. <laughs> hours are horrible. Yeah. Hours but are it's like if you, I, but I just, other than that... Other than, but you're like, probably working the same hours on the outside. Yeah, I guess, right? Yeah, okay. So, yeah. Yeah. So it would be great. How's prison? It's awesome. It's the best dudes. Great. It's great. Um, on New Year's Eve, 1853, there was a bar fight in one of the bars and a convict bit another convict's nose off. Whoa, that's a move. Convicts would also get into bar fights with construction workers who were working on building the prison. Oh, man. I just, a New Year's Eve nose off? Yeah. That's a, the nose off bite is a really, come on. Did, did I ever tell you that when I was in high school... A guy that I went to high school with, older, a couple years older, got into a fight on a bus, and I believe but it was a public bus, uh, not a school bus, and he bit the driver's nose off. Oh, my God. And I later found out that's uh, Gavin Newsom's cousin. Oh, my God. Oh, my, bit a bus driver's nose off? Yeah. That was my stop. <laughs> uh yeah. Anyway, the Newsoms. Um so Estelle uh had created the San Francisco Manufacturing Company as the the that's like the labor company that would use, use the workers' labor or right. or sell them out to somebody or lease them out or whatever they do. Sure. Um the company now proposed building a new prison. Uh, the proposal was a 20-foot wall around the prison with a Roman tower with battlements on each corner. There would be Roman columns, arches, minarets, guards' quarters, an armory, fancy bathrooms, a laundry, a bell tower. Insanely expensive. This is like Fanc- he's Fancy building a bathrooms palace. is definitely the weirdest part I've heard. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the papers get wind of the plans and go nuts. They say it's going to bankrupt the state. Everyone turns against the plans. Everyone thinks Estelle's a fucking idiot. And the attorney general threatens to use an injunction to stop it if anybody tries to build it. The Alta newspaper called it, quote, the most stupendous fraud that was ever attempted by the officials upon the people of any state in the union. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so. You ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> I don't know. Have you heard of slavery? Yeah. Um, 
The contract with the San Francisco Manufacturing Company was then canceled. Okay. And prison commissioners were told to find someone else to take over and run the prison. But Estelle's just like, yeah, I'm not giving it up. Hmm. I'm not uh, leaving. And then he says, look, I won't do the plans for the new prison. It's now just going to be a cell block. We're just going to build a cell block. And he said every convict is going to have his own cell. So everyone just goes for it. Man, so close to having kick-ass prisons. And, Fancy yeah, bathrooms? Right? And, and, and like columns, like Roman yeah. fucking columns and shit, <laughs> like minarets. I mean, it's like, like I, it's yeah. all happening. Car- like, I'm not trying to glorify incarceration, but if you're like, yeah, it's basically the Coliseum. <laughs> um, when he, he said every comic would have his own cell and when construction was finished on the cell block every cell held four men Ugh. the only way to relieve overcrowding at the prison was to take prisoners to one of the two islands where they were working on quarries um, people visiting San Quentin could not tell the difference between a convict and a guard hmm Interesting. They both wore civilian clothes that were falling apart. Advantage prisoner in that one. Yeah, right. Hey, all right, well, I'm going to get out of here. All right. Where all are right. You again? See you later. See you later, guys. Bye. All right. Bye. I'll uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Care. All right. Yep. Yeah, we work here together. So I'm, uh, I'm yeah. one of you guys. So yeah. Yeah, I'll see you tomorrow. Have a good night, boys. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. We just usually don't say I'm one of you guys. I mean, I'm just saying, see you tomorrow, boys. We're just how we do it no, every I'm night. I'm just saying we would we're never the guards. say, like, we're the guards. I'm one of you guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're the, we're the, I'm just saying, we're the guards. Well, we are the guards. People don't say that. No, I mean, it's a little guard talk. You don't like guard it's talk? It's not guard talk. We don't, we don't like, no one walks around going, hey, I'm a guard. Are you a guard? I, <laughs> I don't want to get into one of these classic guard-on-guard chats. Um, I'm... I'm taking. I'm beat from today. What a long day of guard, garden, guard, garden stuff. Uh, so I'm gonna get out of here. And uh, uh-huh. guards, we are. I'll see you later, boys. We don't. Guardi- we don't say that. Yeah. No. I mean, I've. It's weird because um, some of us do, and I don't know if you talk to uh-huh. the South. So listen. Yeah. I'm gonna tackle you. All right. Well. Let's, I don't want a little guard on guard violence. We are guards. Uh, this isn't guard on guard. This is uh, guard on not guard. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm hey, taking you down. I'm a guard. You're not a guard. I'm guard. If you are a guard, we're putting you in a cell anyway. Just for being weird. I'm a prisoner. It's just dumb that we have the same uniform as the All right. All right, get out of here. I didn't know you were... Just say, just say the truth. Just I killed we'll two guards back there and they're dead. All right. It turns out it turns out you killed two convicts. So ah, it's fine. To tell my friends. It's fine. No one knows. All right. Yeah, get to get to guard with you. So, yeah. So they couldn't tell. Uh, now, it's because they all wore civilian clothes, and it was ter- they were terrible. Like there were the convicts had the clothes they came in on in with, so oh, they're wow. just falling apart. And the guards can't afford good clothes. So they're also just wearing their clothes that are falling apart. They're, they're incredibly dirty. They're all shaggy. 
even by like mining camp standards, they're shaggy and dirty. Yeah, miners are like, yeah, well, you boys are gross, you hear? <laughs> you guys are disgusting. And we're, and we're pig people. <laughs> Can you explain to me what a pig person is? Well, we like mud and we're just, uh, just stinky. We like mud and gold. Okay. That's what we are. Okay. And we ain't never showered. Like a pig. Exactly. Like a pig, sometimes, pig like mud and gold. Sometimes we mix up what's gold and what's from us. If you know what I'm saying, wink, wink. Yeah, no, I don't. I and a lot of us are oinking. I like a good oink. Oink. All right, I have to leave you now because you All right, are a, well, just uh, remember, you guys are piggy people. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. We're piggy people. Thanks for coming. Thanks for stopping by. I, my, I, my family's left because I, I put everything on the line for gold. Yeah, well, you're an idiot. So. Yaddy's up. What? Yaddy's up. <laughs> All right, that's fair. Yeah, sure. Um, some of the convicts carried guns, and some of the guards didn't. What? What the fuck? What is that? <laughs> how is that a what? How, how did this prison exist? How well, did the guards? The <laughs> how, how, this is like the kind of place you break out like day one. You'd be like, yeah, wait, what? It's like, oh yeah, we all dress the same, and you're allowed to have a gun. Like, probably not gonna spend the night here, to be honest with you. I don't know. If, I'm definitely not doing my term, but I'm probably not even gonna spend here tonight. I don't. The the trustees got guns, some of them, because they are also guards. But I don't know why some of the guards would have guns. Maybe they couldn't afford to give them. No, guns. you mean some, I don't know. Wait, some of the guards wouldn't have guns. Wouldn't. Yeah. And some of the because you had to bring your own stuff, basically. Would. Right. I I well they were I know they were given guns, but I, maybe they just didn't have enough to go around, or if, they if, or if, he sold. If the second you he were made a trustee, you hung out more than three days. You're crazy. Hmm. Yeah, a hundred percent. Um. So you you couldn't even tell who was a guard or who wasn't a guard by who was drunk. None of like, like none right. of it was. There's no differentiating factors. Most convicts were poor and they didn't have influential friends. Uh, a bored prison inspector report stated that a few of the criminals were intelligent, but most were, quote, stupid, ignorant, and submissive. Of course, most of them were also foreign. Right. Uh, this was during the reign hey, of the Nothing Party. barely even speaks English. Yeah, get him. So stupid. So it's, it's right when the Know Nothing Party is, like, at its peak. In 1855, the state Supreme Court declared Chinese to be American Indians. Man, we are just, we have, we, listen, we're just, it's just, <laughs> we're not okay. We're just, we're not okay. We're not, it, it's like, it's not even like, like, there's the whole respect angle, obviously, but it's just like, like, how, I mean, just so dumb. Just it's also dumb. so stupid. Well, it's like so, the idea it's that so, we're just like, yeah, he's not white, so they're the <laughs> other. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's just. Uh... At least there's no modern day examples. Oh, so, man. What's up, dollopers? This is Gareth. Uh, Gareth from the dot. You get it. Listen, shout out to the Garmy, Gareth Army. I've got some U.S. dates coming up. I will be at Goodnight's Comedy Club in Raleigh or Raleigh. I forget which one you guys are stuck to. North Carolina, December 21st through the 23rd, five shows. And then December 29th and 30th, I'll be in Rutherford, New Jersey at Bananas Comedy Club. I'm calling on the Garmy. Come out. Uh, there's a lot of shows. Go to Gareth Reynolds. 
Ticketmaster.com for tickets and information. Also, listen to my new podcast called We're Here to Help. Got a new podcast, We're Here to Help, Jake Johnson. Thank you, Garmy. Hashtag Garmy. So that meant that Chinese people could not testify against white men in court. They couldn't be witnesses. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't surprise me, but that rationale is all, it's just all, it's all very like, let, welcome to racial hoops. <laughs> Get ready for a total nightmare. So one of every eight prisoners was Mexican or native Californian. Or as uh, we call Chinese. them, a Chinese Indian. And, of course, a lot of Irish who were not considered white at this point. They are, they, while they appear white, their souls are Chinese. Estelle's company used prisoners to make brick and stone, and then they uh, supplied that to San Francisco. Prisoners worked sunrise to sunset seven days a week, but some lucky ones were sent into the hills to chop firewood for the brick helms. But the problem with that was is that they would just go on other people's property. So all the landowners around were furious that they were just taking. Again, I also I'd be like, I'm out of here. Like the the (laughs) levels of which I would leave are just off. I'd be like, yeah, I'm gone. Because this is a time when you just leave somewhere and go. Now my name's Frank. Yeah, I uh, I own the bank. I would just I would leave there, and if someone stopped me, I'd be like, this is my land. Want to buy it? I just do the quick pivot to just selling the land I'm on. Um, My name's J.D. Prison. You want to buy this place? From the book Chronicles of San Quentin, which most of this is taken from, um, quote, Estelle's contribution to the quasi-science of penology was a trustee (laughs) system. Uh, No, Gareth, no. No. Penology, no. Uh, hold on, I gotta make a quick phone call. This one's about the penis. Oh, all right, go mm-hmm. ahead, sorry. <laughs> Start from the beginning. Estelle's the contribution to the quasi-science of jail stuff. I'm still hearing a- what you're not saying, Debbie. <laughs> you can't trick me. You wanted to say penology. Penology. <laughs> was a trustee system the like of which has never been seen before or since. Yeah. Any convict able because to work. Because anyone who, who ever heard about this was like, why didn't you leave? And they're like, well, I get that's a pretty good point. Oh. Uh, probably oh. should have taken off, I guess. Yeah, anybody who could work or was useful um, got to live a life that was pretty similar to being on the outside. Yeah. If the prisoner was from a well-off, respected family, then Estelle really took care of him. In July 1854, Thomas Foley arrived for a three-year sentence. He had killed the editor of the Pacific Police Gazette. To be fair, that paper was trash. That's why he only got three years. Yeah. You know what I call that guy now? The dead editor. What's that? (laughs) (laughs) The dollop uh, will be right back. Uh, Never back. That's it. Penology. Remember that? That, The episode has peaked. You know what? You know, Penology? one day, one day when we do decide to end this podcast, Dave, we will end it in mid-story when you do a pun. Uh, that'll be great. <laughs> how we, how we, we really got to think about how we want to end this, but we got to go out like the craziest way. 
I think that's it. That's pretty good. I, I'll think <laughs> about it. There's big shoes to fill with what's been ha- what we've know. heard on this podcast. Like it's almost like you have to lobotomize me. I feel like that's what I'm doing with the podcast. It's kind of like tough to hear if you're me. You know what I mean? Sure, absolutely. Uh, okay, where was I? Uh, right. So he murdered the editor of the police. Best joke. Zet. Fully described arriving at the prison. Quote, Estelle accepted my pledge of honor and placed no restrictions on my liberty and gave orders that I should live at his hotel outside the guards and receive the same fare after the officers in the dining room. It's like a relationship between Willy Wonka and his Oompa Loompas. (laughs) Wait, what is that? Dude, I don't know what is going on with my... Do you not know why that happened? I did a podcast. Okay, so I'm watching Gareth on this. There's more. This is our, this is our, 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 uh, the the, the site we use. It's not like Zoom or anything. It's a separate site. And you just had a thought bubble come up above your head with a thumbs up in it. I can do other stuff. Did you, but did you, oh my God. I don't know what has happened. Now he put his thumbs up and there are Fireworks. fireworks going off behind him. There's other one. Oh, this is a bad one. Watch this one. I just discovered this the other day. Making a heart with his hands. And hearts come out of my hands. So you have some setting on because it doesn't happen when I yeah. do. Yeah. It's just like. And you don't know how that happened? No. It, and it makes me, it drives me crazy because it's like, you know, when you sign the terms and conditions shit and you're just yeah. like, it's like, we'll have to do a, we'll be like about to start. And then it'll be like. Hey, uh, before you start, uh, you agree to everything? And you're just like, yeah, I agree to everything. And then sometime they were just like, all right, we're like paying such attention to you through your camera that when you make a heart with your hands, hearts show up. There's, oh, wait, uh, let's see. This does one, too. Look at this. Uh, thumbs down brings rain. Now it's raining. Oh, my right. God. Watch when I take my dick oh out. Oh, God. Don't take off your pants. Don't take no, off no, your no, pants. No, no, no. you got to see this. Oh, my God, it's a giant penis. Yeah, and mine's <laughs> tiny. <laughs> uh, okay, well, that happened. I wasn't expecting that at all. Uh, okay, so he tells his uh, superintendent that Foley is a well-educated gentleman who had a letter of introduction from a friend of Estelle's. Right. So he was to be treated well. It's, he said, it's like college. It is. It's fucking crazy. He said, Foley should have never been convicted and would be pardoned. Uh, and he told the superintendent to give Foley a total free pass, let him go in and out wherever he wanted. He slept in the guard's boarding house. He ate with Judge Gates, who was another well educated, uh, respected man in prison. After two weeks, they made Foley a guard. This is. <laughs> he got a gun and a night watch. Oh my Given the night watch, aren't you a prisoner? Hey, keep it down in there. <laughs> and then one day, Gareth, you're not going to believe this. He just walked away from the prison. I this honestly, that I don't even understand. <laughs> I, I really don't. If you're him, I would just be like, well, you know what? I don't want to be like wanted or anything, so I'll just like stick it out. Like I'm, I'm just living as a guard. Yeah, everything's, yeah, I mean. It's fine. Um, 
Yeah, so he just he just walks away. He leaves Estelle a note promising he would return the five hundred that he stole from the prison safe. Oh, stop, pish posh. That's yours, good man. <laughs> God, we lost a good one today. Uh, so, like we said, prisoners who were uh, guards were called trustees. There's about twenty. There's about thirty or forty of them at any time. The chief trustee in 1854 was E.J. Briscoe. He was an English immigrant. He was there for forgery. That's right, uh, yeah. My name's E.J. I've forged a bunch of things. My name's actually J.E. Go ahead. What'd you forge? A lot of stuff, really. Okay. <laughs> what, you want a lot of specifics and things? Yeah, he's hoping for, like, a... Documents. Like, what kind of documents? Important ones. What? What? Important ones. Like, uh, such as, like, an example of an uh, important uh, one. What would you consider to be, like, the most important document? More like a passport? Yeah, I've done those. Yeah. Yeah. You ever heard of the United like States Constitution? You, do you forge the United States Constitution? That's mine, yeah. Uh, like 80 years ago? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, well, it's actually made more recently. I just forged the date on it. So you think it was from 80 years ago, but it wasn't, was it? No, it's more recent. No, but we've had it for that long, so it wasn't more. It's not like it just showed up. We've had no, it. No, but have you ever held it yourself? No, probably not. So you don't no, know. Don't you just believe what they've told you about it because you're living in. The paradigm they've kind of created. Well, I'm telling you, it was written five months ago. It was called a constitution. I've done it. It's one of mine. I'm a bit like Banksy, but with documents. All right. Uh, okay. I'm just, I didn't know we were going to have Russell Brand on this podcast. No, well, mate, come on. It's not like that. No, I'm trying to think of how to do Russell Brand. <laughs> <laughs> He's to the uh, right of me. Well, speaking of the prison one, uh, hopefully this all works out. Uh, so uh, so he's got this English guy, uh, E.J. Briscoe. Um, he's in for forgery. Um, he had two years left on a five-year sentence, and he asked Estelle if he could go to San Francisco because he wanted to get people to sign a petition to get him, himself pardoned. Okay, let me tell you what uh, you shouldn't do with a forgerer. Be like, yeah, let's see that petition. <laughs> you know, a lot of these look like your signature. What are you talking about? EJ, no, these are tons of different people. I was out there working the fucking streets, man. Lots of it. <sighs> yeah, it took ages, it has. Some people said they saw you just outside the prison. No, no, man, that's not me. No, I was out there... Getting sure, I told people my case, and they just fell in love with me and my story, really. <laughs> um, Estelle said, yeah, totally. You can go to San Francisco for Absolutely. two or three days. Yeah. And, and he Remember, gave we his live horse. in an upside-down like, prison. He said, take my horse, too, so you can use it Oh, wait, wait, there. before you go, he was probably like, oh, no. Take my horse. You'll get there faster. <laughs> So EJ gathered signatures for a day or two, uh, but then he forged a check to McCondre and company. Uh, it was quickly discovered, and he was arrested and got 10 years added to his sentence. Hmm. I can't believe that didn't work. No, nah, well, it almost did. Yep. 
so the governor, John Bigler, asked prison inspectors to look into the peculiar state of things at San Quentin. <laughs> so the legislature creates a committee to investigate, and the committee is concerned with all the escapes that are happening and sure. all the drunkenness that's going on. Also, that Thomas and Gray were having sex with convicts. And all then... the stuff that you've talked about was <laughs> troubling for anyone who was like, why is this prison horrible? <laughs> and then the bookkeeping was really bad. Yeah. Estelle was so bad. It's almost like keeping... if the show The Office was a prison. Yes, totally. Estelle was so bad with keeping records that the committee couldn't figure out how many prison prisoners were at the prison and how many were dead and missing. Well, and that's hard, too, because you're like, I can't tell who's a guard and a prisoner. And we also <laughs> yeah, know that doesn't help. What pr- it's really I, let me put it to you this way, Estelle. The point of a lot of this is to keep uh-huh. track of what is happening. And who well, is in and who isn't and when they leave and when they don't leave yeah, and what they're in yeah. for and who's a yeah. guard and who's in charge and who's not. Yeah. And your bookkeeping and just general well, way of running things has been I, real bad. OK, but I believe that the best way to rehabilitate people is to trust them. You know what I mean? And yeah. then this you is, give guys trust and, no. and they, they pay it back. No. They pay it back. No. And then the counting guys is really like, like it's saying, I don't trust you guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, like no, if a I'm big like, how part of this is that we don't there? trust them. So just let's well, get ahead of that that's stupidity real quick. Why, why your prisons don't work and mine, mine does. Uh, on the contrary, our prisons, we know who's there and why they're there and how long they're there. Well, that's pretty authoritative. And that's mean. kind of the whole concept here. Well, that's kind of the whole saying, thing. So, 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 to so them. I guess, so I guess you're you're pushing back on what a prison is, and I'm telling you that's why it's a prison. So stop telling us what makes your prison great because your prison isn't a prison. Do you understand? See, I see. I don't trust you now. That's yeah, what, no, I don't that's what care. I'm talking about. Yeah, but it's just all like yeah. crazy. Like the trust is gone. Like if we did a trust exercise, like if if I turned I, I, let around me stop and I said, there. Stop and I said, talking catch now. Me, no, I but stop I feel like talking you now because that's just so like crazy. That it shouldn't, it's a sentence that shouldn't be finished. Much like the ones you've given to most of the people here. They're fine. Everybody's good. Uh, that like man prison, is drunk and might prison, be a guard, that, might be a prisoner. He's drunk, but he just he just can't. If you asked him come over here and ask what it was like here, he'd say this prison is killing it. It's killing it. Yeah, that's just kind of not the experience we're going for. So I, I kind of can't keep repeating myself. Because you guys don't care about rehabilitating these people. I do. That's why I gave that guy, I let that guy go in the safe whenever he wants. Yeah, it's just crazy. My guess is you're not going to be doing this for much longer, but... Can't tell anymore. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you guys know what you're doing either. So. Yeah, of course you don't. You're. Uh, by the way, you guys are prisoners now. That's not. That so works. you're actually not leaving. All right, then we're gonna leave. Oh, okay, that's fair. It's crazy. Yeah. All right. See you later. Bye. I trust you. Don't talk to us.
Um, from March 1854 to June 1855, 114 prisoners escape, which is eight a month. <laughs> eight a month. And it Two should be way higher. And it's still overcrowded. And it should be way higher. Trustees escaped by far the most, and they often just walked away from the prison. Absolutely. Uh, and then there was there's a really heavy fog there, which dampened the powder of the caps on guards' rifles, so the prisoners all knew that no one would shoot at them, so they would just go. Because they had damp bullets? Well, they're, 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 the powder on the... Like, this is back when they had oh, powder right. on the rifles so and you, caps. Right. It would just get wet. Um, great. So many people had escaped that there was now a large group of escaped convicts living on nearby Mount Tamalpais. And so there's a halfway lived... house that is just for the escaped. I mean, Mount Tamalpais is huge. Like I, I grew up like that was my like stomping you grew grounds up inside um, of it. Right. I did a lot of mushrooms on Mount Tamalpais. Um, they, uh, so it's a huge mountain. So they would just live up there. They'd live off game on the mountain, and then they'd also, like, raid the local po- populations for right. stuff. <laughs> so they've created, with this prison, they've essentially created a gang of people who are just terrorizing they've created, communities. created, like, Zeus convicts. <laughs> so, like, so if you still... live in an area with a prison, you're like, oh, man, it's going to be a lot safer around here. Nope. Nope, you've got a mountain nope. gang. So on top of all this, Estelle had the power to hand out pardons. Oh, my God. Trump time. As did. <laughs> Every president time. As did convict clerks who worked in the prison office. So you could just. Yeah, it's crazy. Total- I mean, it's like you have a wand. Mexican women who lived in Northern California all knew Estelle's price for a pardon was $200. Wow. Juana Carrillo testified she gave... It is great. This is a great system. It's a great system. It's so much better than what we have now. (laughs) It is so much better. Uh, Juana Castillo testified she gave Estelle $195.50 to pardon her son... And he gave her a receipt. Oh, that's like when Jerry Springer wrote a check to a sex worker. <laughs> yes. Uh, a remarkable. <laughs> also, testify. <laughs> it's not a great term. She gave the receipt to the committee. And they were like, well, that's pretty bad. And he was like, what? <laughs> he got a golden ticket. Her son was released. And then afterwards, Mrs. Uh, Carrillo was so happy she went back to San Quentin to thank everyone who had helped her. Get oh, him stop! It's fine. <laughs> um, the committee was also very thrown by the social life of the guards with all the drunkenness and the selling of booze to convicts. Uh, <laughs> all very disturbing. Prison books showed twice as much food was being purchased than was needed. So okay. Estelle is clearly buying food on the books and then Eating selling it. it elsewhere. You know, Estelle's put on 440 pounds, which we do find <laughs> a bit troubling. Uh, and Estelle had not paid his guards in months. Hmm. When the committee recommended... I the can't state tell bi- who's one and who isn't. Yeah, how am I supposed to pay him if I don't I, know I'd who's I'd be paying what? everybody. 
Come on, you're a prisoner. When the committee recommended uh, the state buy the contract, the committee, so the committee's like, they, you got to get this guy out of here. Like, buy the contract, take it over, make it a public uh, prison. But Estelle is very good friends with Governor Bigler. And Governor Bigler would only agree to a bill that said the state would take it over only if Estelle agreed to give it up. And I don't think that's going to happen. So they go into negotiations, the state and Estelle. <laughs> and the negotiation ends when Estelle is found out on the street of Sacramento holding a double-barrel shotgun, saying he's going to blow a hole through his friend, Governor Bickler. Uh, okay. So I think the negotiations were going the way he wanted You know wanted what, we're to. actually, we're going to shut this down. Um, <laughs> feels like we've sort of... <sighs> no. So. We're passing on whatever this is. <laughs> so that didn't... I mean, he must have sobered up and been like, oh, that was probably bad. Oh, shit. I did what during negotiations? Oh, I drunk shigated? Uh, fuck. Uh, That's why I, I negotiated. wasted. Oh, no. I got to stop going to the prison bar. It's I don't even so remember bad. that. Uh, two weeks later, on June 1st, 1855, Estelle turned over San Quentin. So the state appoints three men to run it. Major John Love, Richard Snowden, and William Palmer. But John Love essentially ran everything. And they immediately start spending money like they have a bottomless bank account. Love gives a wall contract to a guy who brought in gangs of stone masons, stone masons and bricklayers. And the wall is horrendous. At some places, it's nine feet high, and at other places, it's 20 feet high. In some places, well, it's we just two gotta, feet thick. We got to hope that if they're going to try to get out, they're not going to go over for that nine area. <laughs> Pretty straightforward. Just put a bunch of guys around the nine-foot area, and then it'll be... Just put signs that say no escaping over the nine. Bingo. Yeah. Bingo. In some places, it was two feet thick, and other places, under a foot thick. The mortar was green and damp because is that, is they it, should had it been, not be green and damp. <laughs> they had been mixing it with beach sand. Sure, great. So it's got algae. So, in it. Hey, can we? Dave, that's a, that's not a story about a bad wall. That's a story about some great profit, <laughs> and we, it should be celebrated. Love paid one hundred and twenty-five thousand for the quote mo- moist doughy wall. Oh my god. <laughs> It's what we call a cookie wall. <laughs> Taster. You can eat through it. Other contractors said a well-built wall should have cost no more than $50,000. Well, but to be fair, this is not a well-built wall. Those well-built that, walls cost right. less than a one that's basically you cake. Know we built how a cake hard it wall. is to build a soft wall? Do you know Think how, about it. Now, listen, anyone can build you a wall that keeps people yeah. enclosed. How many people can build a wall that if you push really hard, you can walk through it? Walk right through it. And okay. ladies and gentlemen, you can eat this wall. This is an edible wall. You can walk through this wall. This is, if, to be honest, if you run and you jump feet first of that wall, you can spring in the other direction. This is a trampoline right wall. Hey, 
I, this should have been $150,000. You're going to pay three times as much for a wall that is this fun and funky. <laughs> it's a goof wall. It's a goof. So now Love uh, demands an investigation because he wants to clear his good name. I love when they, when they do that. The investigating committee comes and they look at the wall and they immediately conclude this is just 100% pure fraud. All right, fine. All right, then, yeah, yeah, whatever. Lo- yeah, Love just drops the matter. He's like, okay, yeah, no, All I right, hear fine, you. That's, whatever. Uh, whatever, my name's I was hoping now. some of you guys would be a little more chill, but you seem to actually be here to figure some stuff out, which I don't love. Oh. I thought we were all on the same side. Have you even tried? Has anyone even tried to bang this thing? This thing's <laughs> awesome. In the seven months that these three guys go in there, you could go in there. You like Han Solo? Go go in there. And put your. You'd be like Han Solo when they put him in that copper stuff or whatever that was. Hold on, I'm making a snowman on the wall. Make a make a wall man. Everyone, come on over here. We make a wall man. Oh, my God, I just put my head in the wall. There's, like, shitloads of dead people in the wall. <laughs> um, so, seven months, these three, and these are government, government employees. Right, these are the solution. Running the prison, yeah. the three guys, they went through $382,000. Holy the shit. The state in like budget of California... Holy the state budget shit. of California is seven hundred thousand. So they spent half of what would normally be the state budget. Their budget was only supposed to be sixty thousand dollars. <laughs> and w- and where is Estelle during this time? He's just off at this point. He he's, well, he's, he's probably. I think he's a. Um, no, he's so in politics. He went. It's he went, one of, he it's one of those ones where you're just like, yeah. See, Estelle was actually really good at mm. this. <laughs> he was well, so good. So. The committee now decides it would actually be best if the state didn't run the prison and it should go back to a private contractor. With Estelle? Well, Estelle, uh, during his time away, has become a leader of the Know Nothing Party. And he has been elected to the legislature. And he uses uh, his sway, his power, to get a guy named J. Neely Johnson nominated to run for governor. And then Johnson beats Bigler and becomes governor. Okay. So now he's So one got of the first things Johnson does... Is put Estelle back in charge. As governor is to tell the legislature to approve a bill that puts the prison back in private hands. And it had to be under 15000 a month. Estelle then steps forward and says, look, I can run that prison for $10,000 a month. The prison commission takes no other bids... Because they're working for the governor, Ugh. and they negotiate a contract with Estelle. Ugh. You've got, you've also got to be like, if you're a prisoner there, you're like, seriously, he's coming back. <laughs> yes. yes, 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 yes. It's party time. <laughs> we're back, baby. Hey, you got, uh, we're back. We are back, baby. <laughs> so back in charge, Estelle does an even worse job. The How? food is now horrific. Okay, the beef so is spoiled. Going, right. The hams are maggoty. There's worms in the flour. Why aren't you boys the eating your maggoty terrible. hams? Eat up. I got extra, extra protein in there. Eat your maggoty hams. There are 192 men in 48 cells. Jesus. And then below the cell uh, level, there is something called the long room, which is just a giant open space. And in there, 
they've packed 226 men. I mean, that is so disturbing. It's almost like it's today. (laughs) Estelle tried to build a new building to house prisoners, but it collapsed. What? So does he know about, like, say, cement or things like the regular materials that people use? Or he's just kind of always going for these sort of pillow walls. I mean, they also make fucking bricks and stone. Like they, He's like, well, where are we going to find a material that's unbreakable? <laughs> Come on, guys. I mean, all, all we're talking about is like, whatever. They have to put up wood for the frame and then... You know what? It, More mache, we'll mache it. We'll do a mache. We'll, we'll mache do a mache. It. We'll do another mache. Can we use the, the mortar from the wall? It's still soft. My well, my concern. I mean, I just I love the wall so much. It's just mm, become. I do too. Like, a but I've been eating real it. selling point. I've been eating it too. We're all. I mean, we've yeah. only got maggoty ham here. You know, yeah. um, maggoty ham. That's how it's sold, by the way, in the store. Maggoty, maggoty ham. ham. That could be like an M M&M and M line, right? Mm-hmm. Maggoty ham, like Raggedy Ann. You know, nah, something really like work. that. That's pretty good. Yeah. Mm, 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 I mean, mm, you tried. It's pretty good. Well, you don't have to. You don't Estelle have to and M. Mm. It's not working for me so either. The, the prisoners are now more filthy than they've ever been. Shockingly filthy. They're now visibly starving, and they're all barefoot. <laughs> and they're now being punished with whippings. Jesus Christ! So this has gone from kind of comical, like TGI Fridays, the prison. To like, okay, this is. Yeah, are they it's still like able to leave? TGI Fridays. Uh, yeah. By the way, which is so... actually TGI Fridays? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Dystopian TGI Fridays is TGI yeah. Fridays. Yeah. yeah. Um, James Hudson got fifty lashes for stealing and quote general inattention to his duties as cook. Leonard Tufts got one hundred and fifty lashes for planning a rebellion. Now. Just so we know, that's not something people would usually survive. 150 is crazy. Right. Uh, Prisoners got 10 for lying, 18 for fighting, 12 for stealing. Uh, They got 30 for, quote, indulging in the most disgusting propensities. (laughs) Oh, okay. Sure. It's got to be sex, right? It has to be, yeah. Because they're like, Um, we can't even say what it is. They were chained to their cell wall or they were sent to work with a ball and chain on their ankle. So it's just really... Right. Draconian awful now. James King was a very aggressive San Francisco paper editor, and he called himself James King of William because there are other James Kings, and he wanted to differentiate himself. And what, what, William's his dad? No, William is the, like, uh, prince. Paper. The prince. Whatever, of William. It's a place, he's he's English, so it's like a... Yeah, it's like um, when you when you talk like that, like when you hello, you just it's like you're already like people want to beat you up. Go ahead. And then James King of William, <laughs> <laughs> kill him. I hate you. Yeah, yeah. On May fourteenth, eighteen fifty six, King's paper, the Bulletin, had an editorial accusing politician James Casey of serving time in Sing Sing prison and stuffing ballot boxes to get elected. When King came out of his office that night, Casey was waiting in the street and shot him in the chest. Hmm. King died six days later. Hmm. A good friend of Casey was Estelle, and he just happened to be standing on the street nearby. Oh, boy. 
There's no proof he was involved. Why would but he be there? <laughs> I don't know if what he was involved, doing. He was there? definitely involved. Then why would you be there? I because he's an idiot. Yeah, because like, I, I just want to make sure. He might have been like telling him when he was coming or something, or you know, a lookout of some kind. Um, he's coming. Get ready to kill him. Or like make sure there wasn't a cop around. I don't know. I was getting a churro. Uh, so now. There's no proof he's involved, but the San Francisco Vigilance Committee took note. And they also took Casey and hanged him. And then they turned their attention to Estelle. And the Bulletin newspaper, who was like a mouthpiece for the Vigilance Committee, starts publishing articles about Estelle and his corrupt prison and the horrific management. I mean, that's like once I mean that they're basically like, we're going to do a dollop on this guy. (laughs) <laughs> they're basically they just did what you've just done to me but in the paper <laughs> like it's not gonna be hard <laughs> they came up with a bunch of crimes they claimed Estelle had committed that he murdered a man in Missouri and got away yes that he had run a run a fraudulent post office and told immigrants he would deliver letters home for a dollar and then just burn the letters that was goofing but yes that he was involved in at least one murder in Marin County. Way more. And all of the drunken uh, behavior of the guards and the sex with the convict women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that he idea. let people buy pardons. Yeah, of course. He, well, what, I mean, otherwise. Yes, of course and, he is. And, and that because of that, there were gangs up in the hills plundering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a big, there's a, well, it's not the hills. It's a mountain. But yes, they're up there for sure. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> that he had two prisoners taken from San Quentin and shipped to New Orleans to mm-hmm. be sold as slaves. Well, uh, to be so, uh, it's a little outside of, it's French. Yes. Okay. It was outside of New Orleans a little bit, but yes, everything else remains true. Absolutely. (laughs) So this leads to another investigating committee coming to the prison and the prison is now a shit show. They, they can't find six prisoners. (laughs) They can't locate a robber named Francisco Esparza. And Estelle says he's never heard of Esparza. Oh, I don't think we have Esparza here. And then the committee then finds records that show the last place he'd been seen was working as a servant in Estelle's house in San Francisco. Oh, Esparza. The butler. (laughs) Yes, I remember Esparza. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yes, he's my team. (laughs) So he clearly let that guy be his butler. And then he's like, now you can go. Yeah. Yeah, you do it for a year (laughs) and then you're free. He is, it's like... (laughs) <laughs> it's peak corruption for a while that was kind of just like goofy. But now, like, I mean, yes, it's very clear that this man is operating purely for self-interest. But yeah, that's a story of power in America pretty much the whole time that we've been in charge. Yeah. So the the committee concludes Estelle is incompetent and a liar and much of the accusations from the Vigilance Committee are true, especially that he's criminally guilty of, of letting prisoners escape. So Estelle rents a public hall and makes what is just an insanely attacking speech that's ever been heard against his enemies. Okay. And at first, his fellow assemblymen are there, and they're just totally shocked, but then they start loving it when he said King and his wife and... Uh, his brother had been whoring and pimping and thieving. Okay. It doesn't matter, though. His contract is voided. 
He said he'd be, he said he, he's now, he says, I've been bankrupted because I was devoted to my duty to the state. And he wants the state to bail him out. Not just for himself, though, but also for the poor guards. Right. Who need to be paid. Yeah. So the state starts looking for a new person to run the prison. Uh, no one wants the job. And Estelle still has four years on the contract. Stop it. Stop it. But he doesn't Stop come back. Okay. What he does do is turn it over to a businessman named John McCauley. McCauley was from Virginia. He'd fought in the Mexican War and then come to California. Um, he had been uh, doing the beef contract since Major Love would have been in charge mm -hmm. for the prison. And he makes a deal with Estelle. A 50-50 split of the $10,000 that comes from the state every month. And then Macaulay gets to keep all the, the profit from the prison workers. So Estelle's still making money. He's making $5,000 yeah. a month. Now he's making $5,000 a month doing nothing. Yeah. Right. Um, so Macaulay runs it like a prison labor camp. He ignores any orders from the state capitol and his prison officers. He only cares about profit. He works the comics in a brickyard all day, giving them only two meals a day. He doesn't provide shoes or socks. They work with rags wrapped around their feet. Ugh. And again, their clothes are just disintegrating off their bodies. He fires half the guards to save money. Some of those were prisoners. At any point, <laughs> were they? did they change the wardrobe? At any point, were they like... No, the they whole haven't changed time. the wardrobe. No so one's changed the wardrobe. Okay. That because that costs money. Right. Well, which they have, but okay, fair. Um I mean, even like a bandana. Yeah, right. Macaulay did open a keg of whiskey every Saturday in the yard. <laughs> when Governor Johnson left office in his final speech, he said the prison should be abolished and it took and it was taking up a quarter of the state's budget. And so in the final month he was in office, he refused to pay the, the, the $10,000 to the prison. Okay. New governor comes in, John Weller. In his inaugural address, he says the prison budget is bigger than the entire Indiana state budget. And four times what New York spends on three prisons that have more convicts in them. It's essentially the military. Yeah, it's a giant grift. I mean, the military is that. The military is just people with taking money off the top. Budget. The whole thing. Yeah. It's like whenever there's a war, half of that money is just fucking taken and gobbled up. And yeah. Like the, the number of times you read about in Iraq, they're like, we're, $14 million is gone. What do you oh, mean? Well, dude, we it was, cash. I, I literally think we one time, cash. I think one time they were like, we can't find $2 billion. Yeah. I mean, like, it's, it's like, just a giant sorry, fucking How much? Grift. They're like, $2 billion's gone. <sighs> <laughs> that's crazy, huh? I mean, that's Saddam Hussein is a corrupted leader who can no longer be in charge. <laughs> we can't find the two billion. <laughs> so the legislature sends another committee to investigate San Quentin. The commission are upset when they get there and they see about 125 barefoot prisoners. Most had old gunny sacks on their feet instead. Most had old gunny sacks? Yeah, what's a gunny sack? I can't remember. It's just like a, probably like scrotum? a scrotum sack. Yeah, it's a scrotum. Oh, thank God. 
and then the, and then they were very upset by the committee. And then the next day, a bunch of prisoners. Oh, it's like have potato brand- burlap, basically. Yeah. Um. So they're all upset. And then the next day, a bunch of the prisoners have brand new shoes. Okay. And they're like, well, where were these? And Macaulay told the committee the comics had hidden them because they wanted to look bad for the committee. Oh, wow. They're not wearing their shoes on purpose. Wow. They'd rather walk around in bare feet. Yeah. Ouch. Ouch. You know what I want to do? Work with bricks and bare feet. Yeah, That's that sounds just... really good for sure. So the press was split. The Alta wrote that Estelle was doing a very good job. And the bulletin said he should be deported because if they locked him up in San Quentin, he would, quote, further corrupt the base wretches now confined within its limits. God, please put him in San Quentin. <laughs> please, please, please. I've been so good. A few days later, after the bulletin published the committee report, it called Estelle, quote, the embodiment of filth and vice. Fair. If the burlap fits. If the burlap fits. Um, Estelle then pushed the legislature to investigate the Vigilance Committee and published a pamphlet responding to all the charges. Now, for the third month in a row, Estelle and Macaulay were not paid their $10,000. And then the Attorney General came out and said, uh, that payment is unconstitutional because convict leasing is illegal. Hmm. And then the committee submits its final report on February 26th, and the legislature immediately votes to null and void the lease and orders the governor to take over the prison. Man. Now, Macaulay... What a run. Macaulay says he, he'll leave if the state takes care of his debt. Okay. And the governor and his crew... Instead, head for San Francisco because they're going to go take over the prison. Right. And then Macaulay's like, okay, I'll send a boat to get you guys. Wait on the dock. And so they're waiting. Oh, God. And they're waiting. And then someone comes and says, hey, Macaulay is trying to get an injunction to keep you from being able to go in the prison. Wow. So the governor calls a taxi rowboat. What, to take that, them across the bay. It's a thing. That? Taxi rowboats. It's great. And then Macaulay flags down another rowboat and starts chasing them. So it is a rowboat chase across the San Francisco Bay to get to the prison to take it over. Follow that boat. <laughs> wow. A row. Governor gets there. A row chase. A road chase. The governor gets there first. He runs into the prison office. He demands the keys to the prison. Now, the guy in charge is like, I don't know where the keys are. Well, we don't really use keys. You can walk through the we wall. Yeah, it's just all open. And then there's another guy there, and he goes, the keys are in the strong room. So the governor orders them to batter down the door. So his guys take a while. They knock down the door. And then they get the keys. And then I don't understand this part. He then orders the head guy to hand over the prison seal. I tried or, to look at what or, a seal is. Or, 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 or. Like I know what a California state seal is. It's like the little emblem, right? But yeah. I don't know. 
I don't know why he needed the seal of the prison, but I guess is it that's kind like of like the is, deed. Or like who's in control? Whoever has the seal, maybe. Sure, it's like capture the flag. It, <laughs> sure. Uh, so he asks for the seal. The guy says it's in his pocket, but he's not going to hand it over. And so the governor's crew tackles the guy and why, rips the seal out of his why pocket. Why in the name of God would that be how you'd answer that question? I don't know. I don't why know. would you? It's like it's like in a movie, you'd be like, that'd be a note. You'd be like, he can't say that. They've got to figure out that he has it a different way. Okay, uh, guys. It's in I, my pocket. I, yeah. I have the seal. It's in okay. my pocket. And right. I am Give it to super us. ticklish. Give it to super us. Super ticklish. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Come on, guys. No. Super tickle. Just give it to us. Oh, oh, is that your hand? Put your your socks back on. Come on. Stop. Oh, my God. Why do you have all these feathers? Oh, Jesus. Oh, get the seal with the feathers. Get it. Get it with the feathers. No. No. Dude. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. This guy. Honestly, we don't don't even need the seal. We really, it's just crazy. We're not going to take none. You've been doing this. Uh, what happens if we tickle you? Oh, oh my God. Don't tickle me. Don't tickle me. No, we're me. not going oh, to. No, no, no. Stand back. None oh, of us no, are going to tickle, tickle you. Don't tickle me. What are you don't. doing? Put your shirt I'm on. I'm ex- Put your I, arms look, down. Put your burlap. Don't tickle this. Stop it. Don't tickle this, bro. That's I bet not, you can't. This, I bet you can't tickle this. Of course we huh? could. Big tough governor, can you tickle this guy? I bet Here, you can. He took his pants off to get tickled. Grab the deed, or the seal, or whatever. Oh fuck! Yeah. God damn it! Yeah, it's pretty stupid. God damn it! Yeah, yeah. Now I get, I got to get one of the trustees to tickle me now. Well, the whole vibe. Okay. No, you're in a tickle prison. It's just this place is really. It's wild. Go into the tickle room because that place. Yeah. No. It used to be called the long room, but it's 226 guys tickling each other. Oh, God. This place is going off. No, you came to the not, right prison. Just listen, listen. We've got the seal. We don't need to talk to you anymore, okay? Okay. We're done. You don't know what you're missing. Um, so the delay gives Macaulay enough time to get there, and he runs into the office holding the injunction, he has also brought with him a local sheriff and a county judge to back him up. And the governor is just like, fuck you, and just ignores it all and takes control of the prison. Now, most of uh, the governor's time in office in 1858 is spent dealing with prison shit. He, d- he doesn't, like up until May, he is 100% at the prison, working at the prison, dealing with prison stuff. Wow. Um, and then after May, the lieutenant governor takes over. And for years now, the lieutenant, lieutenant governor would be the warden of the prison, which everyone was fine with because they had no idea what he should be doing as the right. lieutenant governor. They were always just like, I don't know what this guy does. Right. There we go. Um, so Macaulay sues because he had the injunction and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh. And that July, the state Supreme Court rules against Governor Weller and for Macaulay. Wow. And Macaulay gets $12,000 for forcible entry. (laughs) Uh, And he gets control of the prison. Oh, my God. Who wants that? And 
he also starts a campaign to get the lieutenant governor impeached. Wow. I can't believe he's on top. He's like, see, that's why I don't mess with me. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> the lieutenant governor loved to drink, and he enjoyed dancing at the, the, the bars at the, uh, at the prison. Great. Uh, <laughs> which are still in the prison after all this time. There's still bars. <sighs> that, why would those go away? No idea. And Macaulay loved dancing. There were dance parties. He had a prisoner come in and play the fiddle. And he'd give him a, a shot between every song. This guy's song. awesome. <laughs> so, This is what I mean when I say we're going to put me behind bars. <laughs> That's awesome. A one, a two, a one, two, three. Hey, I'm trying. <laughs> Legislators who like Estelle and Macaulay now start a little whisper campaign in the state capitol. And they say that the lieutenant governor at the prison is living like a Roman emperor. He is beating prisoners almost to death. There's tons of immoral, immoral acts going on. There's embezzlement. All of the shit that Macaulay was saying. Right. <laughs> and so an investigative committee is begun by Estelle's friends. And it goes to the prison and it finds... The lieutenant governor guilty on all counts. But then a second investigating committee shows up. They're friends of the governor. And they do an investigation and they say the lieutenant governor is doing an amazing job. He's awesome. (laughs) So the two investigating committees from the legislature cancel each other out. And so the the legislature does nothing. They don't. So he's just still allowed to be a wild man. Now, the Supreme Court has said the prison needs to be returned to Macaulay. And the legislature doesn't do anything before they adjourn. They have like a week before they adjourn, and they just don't do anything. So now Macaulay is in charge of San Quentin again. And the prison director gives this account on May 13th, 1859. Quote, Macaulay came over from San Francisco on a chartered ferry boat with a full official list, a number of invited guests, and a brass band playing the melody, We'll All Get Drunk When Johnny Comes Marching Home. Oh, my God. (laughs) What? This? I cannot believe San Quentin. It's nuts. Like, what? By the way, I've heard the song when Johnny comes marching home again. I've never heard the we'll get drunk version. Oh, yeah. I haven't either. I've heard like, will Johnny come marching home again? Hurrah, hurrah. There must be a, yeah, there must be a drunk, a drunk it has to, Yeah, there has to be a drunk version. Wow. Once inside. That's how you show back up. Yep. Yep. Brass it's like, band. It's like, how, that's, it's like how Conor McGregor would warden. <laughs> Uh, so once inside he gives a grog to all the prisoners and and they all get a huge Sunday dinner all right Uh, Macaulay fired all the people hired by the governor he got the prisoners uh, back to brick working and started a new venture making shoes nice Uh, he also started taking money from incoming prisoners so he would just steal anybody's money they had on when they sure. came in. Yeah. Estelle is still involved. He t- is taking prison property. 
He had run a campaign and bought a bunch of whiskey from a company for his campaign, and he didn't have the money to pay him back, so he took the prison's best oxen and traded it to pay off his debt. Okay. And then he came back and took three more oxen for other creditors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, because this is immediately a shit show, it's very clear that no matter how much money a private prison saves the state, it is just not how it's supposed to be run. It's a shame. So Estelle just finally walks away in January 1859. He sells his interest to a businessman, and he's done. Three months later, he dies. Wow, he needed it. He did need it. The state opened negotiations to buy Macaulay and his new partner out. And the state ends up paying Macaulay. Can't wait. Two hundred and seventy five thousand dollars. <laughs> Just a go away fee. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That is so much fucking money. Oh. Uh, should I look it up? Yes. I mean, what is it's gotta be like it's millions, obviously. I mean, how many? It's gotta be millions. Three, four million? No, probably more. Seven uh, million, ten more. million? Um. Oh, oh my God! It's How much? Eight, eight mil. It's almost nine million dollars. Oh my God! Amazing. <laughs> Just to go. Just to go. Um, Macaulay then went and bought a huge farm in Sacramento County, and then he started lending money to farmers who had fallen on hard times. And then when they couldn't pay him back, he would confiscate their farms. So Another one of those what I call halfway through dollop moments. <laughs> uh, Macaulay died in 1896, an incredibly rich man. Yes. Uh, the prison was run by the lieutenant governor for the next 20 years. His salary uh, was $4,450, and that made him the highest paid warden in the country. He was making $2,000 more than the next highest paid warden. So even though the state takes it over, it's still fucking grift town. Yeah, right, right. It's still just bullshit. Yeah. And now prisoners could only work inside the walls of the prison. Um, that meant there's soon a, that's was a an tool. amazing thing to say at this point in the story. It also meant that now they opened up a tool factory, a cabinet shop, a clothing factory, a cigar factory. So they just turned it into. Now it's what we all dream it would be. Uh, and then inside the prison would just become more violent and bloody over the years. But that's the story of how San Quentin started and became wow. a public uh, public prison. Wow. Pretty good, right? That's crazy. It's just... <laughs> the, I can't the, believe the, it's the, San Quentin, too. It's like... It, it, it's it, so... When you, when you hear stories like that, and then you go, how did Silicon Valley happen? Yeah, um, right. It's the, same, it's the same thing. We're doing the same yeah, thing. Yeah, it's just... Nothing's ever changed. Dipshittery. You just get to do whatever you want because you have yes, money. Because you have money. Yeah, because you, yeah. Wow. Um, the main source was uh, Kenneth Church Lamont, Chronicles of San Quentin, The Biography of a Prison. Uh, also, uh, Congdon Families, uh, General James Madison, Estelle, uh, Dungeons and Drunkards, San Quentin's Wild Early Days by Gary Camilla. And San Quentin, The Forgotten Issue of California's Political History in the 1850s by Ward M. McCaffrey in Southern California Quarterly. Yeah, well, I guess what matters is, like, yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, it was wild. But at the end of the day, 
they were able to overcome that and make it, uh, you know, the new legal slavery. Right. That's what. Uh, that's it's, what. Everybody... It's kind of a story of the American spirit, and that's right. You know that that we. It, it doesn't matter as long as you live in a system that only can have value based on money. The 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 rational minds that make sure that um, the quality of life and um, you know respect for people and thinking of how to treat people the best way possible, um, you know, we will overcome that and make mm-hmm. sure that we get free shit mm-hmm. so that we can continue to siphon funds that are meant for the public and the overall good uh, to the upper echelon who's supposed to be in charge but are derelict in their duty because they want to get boats and shit. I just like that you can see the positive in that everything. You know what I mean? Like, I just love America. I just yeah. love America a lot. And um, mm-hmm. and I just recognize that, you know, change is never going to happen from outside of government. Mm-hmm. And it's never going to happen from inside government. Yeah, It's always going to remain an impossible nightmare. Yeah. But your goal should be how can you screw over those less fortunate than you so that you can afford the things you want? And instead of turning over and attacking the bourgeoisie, make sure to fight your fellow citizen and let these people have mansions. Just hurt someone lower than you because they're hurting you and you're lower than them. That's a great speech, man. We should we should probably I, that should be a uh, we should put that as a, a like a phone uh, ring for people. I think people, people aren't doing like ringtones anymore. I think people would like that or text tone. That could be a good text. Text tone, tone it could be. It's long for a text tone, yeah. but I mean, people will know they got a text. I don't think it's that long. It was only like seventeen minutes. Felt really good. Yeah. No, it was smooth. It, <sighs> You made good. your point. Like, thank America's you, great. thank you, buddy, thank you. Uh, All right, anyway, God bless America. God bless America.